It's Lizzie from the Westerverse. Welcome to my campaign diaries. Uh, today we're going to be talking about episode 10, part 2, Flight of the Harpies. Um, and in case you were curious, yes, this is also a shameless ripoff of the um, song Flight of the Valkyries from uh, Wagner's famous opera. Which names escape me right now, so, you know. Anyway, uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, in this episode, I'm going to be discussing the Harpy fight, uh, how it went, um, basically Rowan's vision, and um, then them kind of heading out and starting to, like, uh, go back towards civilization and, you know, reaching level five. So, you know, it was a busy session. Um, okay, so... Again, kind of um, throwing back to the conversation about the Null fight. Um, I thought this would be a tougher fight than it was, but, you know, by the own rules that I had set up and I kind of talked about in the last campaign diary, um, I had a table in my head of what they needed for successes uh, to get an upper hand and arrive before the Harpies would wake up. And um, they, they cleared it by quite a long shot. So... Um, but, you know, like, they, they rolled well, and you, you can't want to, you don't want to punish them. Um, and, and they did have the upper hand because they asked the Nightingale about, you know, is it possible? Um, you know, Megan did ask them that. And so, it, it, you know, they, they were smart. They were tactical. They asked things, and, you know, they, they, they just got the upper hand, and the Harpy fight was pretty, pretty quick. Uh <laughs> Um, and goddamn, like, because they were on the ground sleeping, um, you know, they got entangled on them. So it kind of, you know, for me as a DM, I think, um, I don't know. I'm in a different place as a DM now because, uh, I had a couple successful combats, um, in the more recent sessions that we just did. So, like, I, I think I've kind of leveled up a little bit with, like, making challenging and, and, encounters and fights um and it, it is definitely a learning curve I'm, I'm trying to get better at remaining combat to make it fun because i am playing with people who are very are pretty tactical in combat uh, at least half of the table if not more is a little bit more strategic and thinks about these things so it's kind of like a you know i i need to step up my game in this but and i, I listening back to it i i feel like I'm probably harsher on myself than I should be because they all had fun. Um, and, you know, I did get one of them charmed by him. So, uh, you know, and harpies are one of those things that, like, you know, for low-level parties, they can be dangerous because if you can't make your wisdom saving throws and you're kind of... It, it can easily spiral. Um, so, and, and most of them aren't statted in... Um, is it wisdom saves? Um, you know, it's not a high, it's not a high save. Um, it's a, it's a wisdom save. It's a DC 11, but, um, you know, it, it can be really, it can be dangerous. I mean, especially with the threat range on it with any creature within 300 feet, like, holy crap. Oh boy. Um, if they would have waited and fought this thing at night, these things at night, it would have been a very bad thing because the harpies can fly. They have dark vision. Not everyone in the party has dark vision. And, you know, it, they could have got them from a long way off. Um, 
So, yeah, it's it's it is it could have been very very bad, and it, it wasn't. They they got a good victory and and they had fun. So maybe I shouldn't be so salty about the fact that they just nerfed these harpies. Um, I am happy. I do love that. Uh, Poor Josh, he, he, the cleric didn't make his wisdom saving throw, which I guess just goes to show the randomness of the die, because technically he had, um, well, no, I don't know if he took his fighter levels first, so if he has a cleric's or a fighter's saves, but, um, you know, he has decent wisdom, but he, he failed the save, and <laughs> I just love it, he's like, I'm here, Nightingale! <laughs> Wait, let me see if I can do that in a better Hans and Franz voice. I'm here, my Nightingale! Oh, no. No, no, no. It's... Okay, so this is going to be a side tangent for a second about their accent. Um, whenever they meet the rest of their family, I don't think I can do... I, I don't even want to say it's an Austrian accent. Because, yeah, they're, they're obviously parodying... They, it started off as a parody of Arnold, but now it's, like, so in its other direction that it just is, like, a parody of everyone parodying Arnold. And it's it's this weird... Th this weird trying to be Austrian, but not accent. And I can't do it. Like, I can't even do an Austrian accent very well. Like, it's a subtle one. So I am i don't think when they meet anybody else in the Bendai, they're going to have the same accent, just because I don't think I could do it. I don't think I can pull it off. Um, which maybe I should practice on it. It might be a while, so I've got a month or a couple months at least, but... I don't know. Do you guys think I should learn how to do a Hans and Franz um, vaguely Austrian accent, or should I just be myself and not not do an accent? I don't know. Leave your comments below <laughs> what you think. I need to decide if I should really invest in this or not. Um, okay, but anyway. Um, anyway, back to it. I love that Josh was the one who failed, uh, and, and he just played into it. It was good player sportsmanship on his part. And it was funny. It was really, really funny. Um, and, oh, okay. So, this is going to be a tiny bit spoilerish for stuff. Um, but we're going to be talking about Rowan's vision to an extent. Um, and what this is about. So, if you're not caught up with episodes of Guardians of Hall. Like right now we are, um, I think episode 28 is premiering soon or it just premiered. Um, so if you don't want to be spoiled and you're not caught up past this episode, you might want to skip. I'll put some notes in um, the description so you don't catch something you don't want to hear. So, all of my darling adventurers who are caught up in and want the, the juicy shit. All right, we're going to get into the spoiler stuff. So, Rowan's vision. Um, obviously, I, I kind of did it pretty vague. It was like a bright flash of light and then uh, remember what you promised. Um, and uh, so, there was a little bit of spoilery things you could kind of hear about earlier in, in part one of episode 10, where they were asking... Um, they were talking about the, who, who had an advantage. Um, we knew Nora did because she's half elf. Um, but I kind of tipped my hand a little bit earlier because the early, the Nightingale said the blessing didn't work on some of you. Um, and that didn't, she didn't say it didn't work on you. She said it didn't work on some of you. And that is because Rowan already had an innate ability to have advantage on um, 
saving throws for being charmed like Nora does, which seems natural because he is Fey. And yes, I know Warforged don't have that, but Rowan, we're using the Warforged as a base, but there is definitely some Fey stuff to him where he has advantages on being charmed and he can't magically be put to sleep. So um, there was definitely a hint of that. And... Um, he knew that going in, and so that's kind of why they were. He was trying to say like, "No, no, I should get it as a, get it as a warforge." Um, basically, he was. I had told him several sessions ago, knowing that the harpy fight was going to come up, and then even the satyr fight. I was like, "You." you are going to have advantage and blah, 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 blah. And I said, basically, just look at the Fae ancestry trait that elves have and similar to what Nora has. And you'll it'll be applicable to you. So he's trying not to give it away and pretend it was part of a Warforged thing. But, but Aaron knew from the beginning that he would have that as a trait. Okay, so now is when you can return. Welcome back, people who are not caught up. Um, as for the vision, um, this is one of those things that Aaron doesn't actually know what it means. He has a little bit of insight into what this is because it has to tie into the multi-classes that he takes in this next level up, um, which I knew he was going to do. And I knew from the beginning of the campaign he was going to multi-class from Barbarian into Mysterious X-Class that even the players haven't figured out yet. Um, so, uh, this was setting up for that. And, um, in hindsight, I kind of wish, like, you know, he would have failed <laughs> the throw, uh, because I wanted to have him, like, you know, roll advantage again. But, you know, like, I think it, I think it still worked narratively. It was kind of exciting. Um, it was a teaser thing. So he basically, um, had a stronger presence of mind to shake off that enchantment for reasons. Um, and it's, it's a very exciting thing. Um, he, he knew from the beginning that he wanted to multi-class into this. So we kind of worked it into the story, but he doesn't understand like all of the circumstances of why, and there's a lot of mystery stuff. So this is kind of, this was a fun mystery box for him. Um, and it was the first thing to have happened since the, the ghost incident back in Meyerfield where he could understand what they were, what they were screaming, at least some sort of phrase that they were screaming. Um, but yeah. Okay. So we're going to put a pin in that for later because there's some really juicy stuff with that coming up in a few episodes. So we'll get to that later. Um, all right. Now in terms of the gems they found, um, right now they found all those gems and it was kind of like, what kind of treasure could I give them? And I found, I, I kind of figured that harpies probably would like shiny things because, you know, a lot of birds, you know, like shiny reflective things. So like they don't really care. They just destroy the meat and carcass and eat what they want. But, you know, the, the shiny things they want because they're shiny. So they actually wash them and take care of them. So I gave them some gold and some gems and, you know, stuff like that wouldn't be impossible. Like if they snagged a merchant, a traveler or whatever. Um, and they found the pins, you know, uh, and they found these mysterious black shards. Ooh, I, I think I, I could, I'm happy I didn't hype them up as more. This is another thing teasery. I'm not, I'm not marking this as a spoiler, but those might be, um, relevant sometime, you know, but they're not, you know, they didn't really give off a magical essence. Um, 
and uh, they're they're in the pocket dimension now. So we'll see if something comes up with those later. But anyway, uh, they really kept holding out hope for the hunters being alive, um, and it kind of sucks because I knew they were dead from the beginning. Um, and, and then I felt really bad because they were hoping they were alive. But I knew from the very beginning, as soon as I had picked harpies as the uh, um, opponents, um, you know, that was uh, something that I was like, well, you know, they're going to be dead. There's no way these guys would have necessarily survived these three harpies, like one one level two hunter or whatever, you know, or even a even if they were a higher level hunter and then there's harpies, like that's still a lot, you know? And, um, yeah. So it's unfortunate. I felt really bad in a way because I'm like, you know, they really were hoping, but I guess as the DM, sometimes you got stuff and it was like, you know, like it just didn't make sense for them to be alive. And it was kind of a, you know, they, they won and had an easy fight, but there was a little bit of that bittersweetness knowing that there were three people that died. Um, and you know, they couldn't really change it. Um, and I, I kind of like that. I like the fact that there was, um, a little bit of a note of, um, bittersweetness to the fact that like they succeeded, but they didn't really succeed in terms of like, you know, the people being okay. So it just, I don't know. I liked that. I thought it was, it was a good, it gave them win a sense of accomplishment, but you know, they kind of couldn't have it all. And it was, it was good. Um, also the, the bit with the water, uh, that could have been, um, relevant for later um it's a little bit weird uh, i was giving hints um and really i wanted to oh, this is hard because i can't remember my logic for doing that i hypoth i think i was trying to i teased earlier that like the rivers had been flowing a lot more and raising higher um and it was supposed to kind of be a hint for some stuff for later, but, um, you know, it, it, it was kind of a convenience thing of like, you know, I didn't necessarily plan on it being there in that moment, but then I was kind of like, this could be a fun little thing to allude to for later. Um, and I, I think that's kind of fun. You know, there's not always those, there's those mysteries that people get to leave with where it's like, what did this mean? Is this actually relevant? It might be, it might not be. It probably isn't, but it, it's kind of to allude to the fact that there's something funky going on with water, you know? being stronger, flowing more, uh, seeping more, even though when there hasn't been a lot of rain, you know, just a little, it's just a little weirdness of like a, a slight nagging feeling that something might not be right, but you're just not really sure yet. So, um, anyway, um, I really thought they were going to comb the entire, entire whispering veil to find the hunter's bodies. And I was just like, oh my God, like, I might, what kind of role would they even need to find, you know, these bodies? Cause like the, the, the Whispering Vale is days and days, like, you know, across of mountainous area, trees, and, like, you know, it's it's a rougher terrain area. How are you going to, like, the harpies can fly and cast their lure for, like, 300 feet. Like, that's a long range. Like, yeah, they kept the pins, um, so you know they're dead, probably, but, like, they, like... To find their bodies, like, oh, that would be like days of searching and some very, very high rolls. So I was I was really happy that like Megan suggested maybe the maybe the Kenku can keep an eye out and, and send a word back because like I really was like, please don't just let all these days pass. You know, and I, I would have if they really wanted to, but I wanted them to pass through um to that jousting tournament I'd kind of alluded to earlier, at least on the way back and have a chance of catching it and seeing it. Um, 
And I just was like, oh my God, did I, did I invent an entire jousting tournament? tournament and they're gonna skip it because they're looking for these bodies that they don't need to find <laughs> but nope nope they didn't i didn't have to worry about it and you know sometimes as a dm you gotta just let the players have their things but i, I was happy that like you know they 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 moved on from that idea um okay so kind of like ending up this kind of wrapping up this episode i feel like this is a shorter one but i don't have too much to say um, I, I could go into a lot more details about Rowan, um, but really that's going to come up in later episodes. So we're going to come back to that. Um, but uh, I, I do like the fact that um, Una had a chance to kind of have a conversation with Nora and about learning how to swim. Um, and it's really interesting because out of game, there had been a lot of conversation where like um, both Andrew and Josh had kind of expressed interest in wanting to teach Nora how to swim, but you know, they didn't, they didn't ask her. Um, and I talked about it with Sam and Sam actually said something interesting where she's like, I don't think Nora would be as comfortable with them because, uh, and, 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 you know, it's, it's something maybe I understand like as, (laughs) I don't know, this is, this is just a me thing. Uh, I sometimes as, as a woman and, and just from like my upbringing and like experiences in the past, I sometimes have a really hard time. Like when men try to teach me things and it's not a fault on men. I'm not saying like men, you know, I'm not going into the mansplaining conversation right now. Um, but, uh, I think it's because I had some bad experiences with men trying to teach me things in the past. And like, it felt very like belittling and it made me feel kind of like weak and everything. But then when I had a female friend kind of like offer to help, it was a lot easier. And I think for definitely with um, Nora, she views Hans and Franz kind of as like these big, strong, intimidating men who just seem confident about a lot of stuff. And, and you know, they're not, and her brother is a big figure too, but also in many ways he's her little brother. So there's not like this sense of like, you know, in there's not this sense of it feeling paternalistic. Um, and I think that's kind of what Sam was, was feeling like, she's like, I feel like Nora would not feel a hundred percent comfortable with them like that because it's just too intimidating, not wanting to feel weak around them. Um, cause they already had to kind of see her be emotional about the, getting hit with water from the elemental. And it's like, I don't want to look like a baby. Um, and it, it's just a thing. And so like, the fact that she and like Megan, who I think it actually makes a lot of sense. Like Una is like the antithesis of what Nora thinks of like the water because Una loves the water. It's what makes her feel safe. It makes her feel happy and it's playful and it can be reckless and dangerous, but still fun. Um, So it's kind of fun like that. She was the one to be like, Hey, well maybe I can kind of help you learn how to swim if you want. And you know, um, and, and I even, I really love the way she did it, where she just put her on the disc and let her put her feet in the water. And it was just kind of slowly acclimating to, like, realizing, like, the water doesn't have to be overwhelming and, like, gasping. It can be calming. And even in, like, a bigger body of water where you know there is danger farther away, but you can also have control. Um, and it was just, it was really good. I really liked how she was teaching her how to swim. It makes sense, too, as somebody who's the ocean person and sees the beauty even in the recklessness of the sea. And, 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 and like, I don't think she necessarily, she, she, it didn't really feel like she babied Nora. It was much more like, I, I can see that this is a big deal for you. 
but I don't want you to feel weak. So I'm just going to make you feel okay with where you are in the moment. And then we're going to just stop there. And then we're going to push a little bit more when you're ready. And it just was a really sweet moment for them to kind of bond. Um, and then why does Nora hate water so much? Hmm. Will you ever find out? Probably. Uh, place your bets now in the comments below what you think the reason is. Um, but yeah, it'll probably eventually come up. I'm hoping it doesn't come up till a little bit later. But, you know, it, it is something. It's a bit of a mystery thing and it's a big deal for Sam's character. So I'm really hoping that, like, you know, she gets to own it and, like, conquer her fear and it'll be a good time. Um, but yeah, um, also, okay, so I know I said wrapping up, but I gotta mention one more thing. The tournament! Oh my god, we're about to see some jousting! Woo! Um, so, uh, it's, it's really, really funny. Um, I had so much fun kind of building this. I'll go into it a lot more in detail, um, later, but I, I, <laughs> I made so many jokes about, like, you know, you need this many years and titles of service into the, a duke or a duchess, you know, to or a lord or a lady to be able to compete. Uh, and definitely is really funny. I didn't actually watch A Knight's Tale before I made this tournament, um, but I did soon after. And um, it was it was kind of funny because I was like, hey, look, I kind of incorporated I kind of incorporated some of this stuff. But I did actually read um, George R. R. Martin, the author who wrote Game of Thrones. He has, if, if you don't like Game of Thrones because it's really violent and, and there's some very heavy sex content and there's also like rape and stuff in there and that's just not your jam um you know i understand that and you know there's sexual assault in there i understand if you don't want to read the books that's that's a lot but if you kind of want a little bit of of excitement but not super violent and less intense or anything like that um i would actually highly recommend his duncan egg series there's three books right now and i don't think that he'll probably have time to write more but the first one a hedge knight um i was actually reading it i'd read it a long time ago and i really liked it because it kind of had a knight's tale vibe to it but it felt a little bit less uh overly optimistic at the end. Um, and, and, and I really liked it a lot and I had read it. And so I was just because I was working on this tournament and I was, I was like, Hey, I, I like this. I like knights. I, I, I like knights. I like a lot of this medieval stuff. I love going to Ren Fair, you know? Um, but yeah, um, next time, uh, we check back with them. They're all going to be level five. They got a level. Woohoo. Um, and we're going to really go into details about the tournament. So thanks so much for listening. Um, if you like this episode, please share it. Tell your friends. Um, and, you know, comment if you there's something you wanted me to go into more details about or answer. I'd be happy to do that. Um, you can find us on social media at The Westerverse um, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We also have a website. You can, you know go there and learn information about us. Um, otherwise, yeah, tune in next time. I will be going heavily into the tournament and how I came up with it and also kind of how they skipped over some stuff um, a little bit and also how just having to wing some stuff that you, you, I wrote out some more detailed stuff and, you know, they kind of ignored it. I was like, well, I gotta wing it. So yeah, thanks for listening. I will see y'all later. Bye, adventures. <laughs>